Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, dear listeners. How are you doing? Uh, welcome to another episode of this podcast. Although, actually, this isn't uh, a full episode. Um, I guess this one doesn't have a number. Um, so this is not a full episode of the podcast. I'm just essentially doing one of those quick hellos, and I'm just letting you know that I'll be going away for a few weeks, so there'll be no podcasts for a little while. Um, we're going to be going on holiday in a couple of days. We're getting away from it all for a few weeks. So I probably won't be online much, perhaps not at all. Um, a couple of the places that we're going to don't have any internet at all, which is one of the reasons we're going there. We just want to get away from everything, and uh, including all the technology and stuff. We don't want to be on our phones and on our laptops all the time like we are in our normal lives. So it's a genuine holiday as a way to escape from everything. So it's going to be what they call a digital detox, which is a slightly pretentious sounding word or a pretentious sounding phrase, a digital detox. That's when you kind of uh, detox from the digital world. So I won't be playing Pokemon Go. I imagine, not that I'm playing it anyway, I still haven't really played that game very much. I did download it onto my phone for a little while and play around a bit until I thought, no, this is a huge waste of time. I don't want to be these one of these people who is wandering around playing that game is stupid i still find it interesting as a f- cultural phenomenon but i really have no interest in playing it but anyway what i'm what i mean is that so it'll be a digital detox which means that we won't be uh, online very much um so uh, i won't be uploading episodes for a little while and i won't be responding to comments and things like that but i'd still look forward to reading your comments when i get back so you know, still continue to write comments on the pages for the episodes. And when I get back, I'll kind of open up my laptop and see what kind of comments have been written there. So I'm, I'm still looking forward to reading uh, what you've put, especially in response to the last episode where I asked you a couple of questions about uh, how you feel about listening to my brother talking about serious subjects. Um, I think it would be interesting for him to find out what you really think. Um, so it might be about three, possibly even four weeks until the next episode of this podcast is uploaded, depending on how busy I am when I get back. And in fact, this is one of the reasons that I've uploaded so much stuff lately. Um, You'll notice that it's probably, I don't know, actually, in in the last two weeks, I've uploaded about 10 episodes. Um, So I've been very productive recently. Um, And I just thought, well, I'll just stick all this stuff up. I've got the inspiration and the motivation and also the time to do it now. So I'll get all these things recorded and I'll just stick them all up online. And I thought, you know, you, my listeners, you can just catch up on all of these new episodes while I'm away because there's going to be a period of silence. So I thought they'll have plenty of stuff to snack on while I'm gone. Now, I realize that the only people to listen to this message about catching up on the new episodes when I'm away 
that the, the only people listening to that are probably the ones who have already listened to all of the, the new episodes. So the idea that you can catch up on the new output is possibly a bit useless because you've already done it if you're listening to this. But nevertheless, you can, you can always delve back into the, the back catalogue and check all of that out. There may be some episodes in there that you haven't heard. Um, and uh, if you're wondering which ones to listen to, here are a few suggestions. So you could listen to uh, some episodes I've done about traveling. So if you're curious to hear my stories about traveling and you want to know, for example, where I'm going and what it's like, check out some other episodes I've done about traveling in the past. For example, you could go back and listen to episode number nine, uh, one of the earliest episodes I did, and that was called Traveling in India. By the way, you can find all of the links to these episodes on the on the page for this one that I'm talking to you about now. Does that make sense? Go to the page for this episode, you'll find all of these links. So there's episode 9, Travelling in India. That's where I talked to uh, a friend of mine called Ben about our experiences of travelling in India. Episode 47, that's where I talked about my trip to Vietnam. So you can listen to that. Episode number 118 is called Sick in Japan. And that is a a long, true story about how I ended up sick in a hospital in Japan. I ended up uh, in a hospital bed in Japan. I thought that I was going to die. It's quite a a story. um, It was one of the most sort of weird experiences that I've ever had. Uh, And I have talked about it on the podcast. So check out episode 118, Sick in Japan, when I thought I was going to die because I wound up in a a hospital in Japan not knowing what was going on. It was very confusing and quite scary. So you could listen to that if you haven't heard it already. Um, Also, episodes 208 and 209, they were called Travelling to Indonesia. And that's um, an account of... Uh, the trip that I had to Indonesia. And actually, it's pretty dramatic stuff. That one includes um, my account of climbing Mount Rinjani, which is an active volcano uh, on one of the Indonesian islands. So you can hear the full dramatic story in episodes 208 and 209. Um, Then more recently, um, last year, I did um, a bunch of episodes called The California Road Trip. That was an eight-part series all about uh, my uh, road trip through California. So you could listen to those if you want some stuff about traveling. Um, If you miss listening to Amber and Paul on the podcast, uh, then you might want to check out a couple of other episodes that they've been in that you might not have heard. Uh, For example, Paul Taylor first appeared on this podcast in episode number 158, which is a few years ago. And that one was called A Cup of Tea with Paul Taylor. And I talked to Paul about his background. So, you know, for example, where he's been and uh, why he can speak good French and good Spanish. And also we play around with a few accents. It's quite fun. We do different regional accents and, and so on. That's quite a good laugh. And uh, the first time that Amber appeared on the podcast was in episode 161. And that one was called She's Having a Baby. And that was when Amber was fully pregnant um, with her son. And so I talked to her about what it was really like to be a pregnant woman. Um, I'd, I would love to have asked her about what it's really like to be a pregnant man, but I guess nobody knows uh, about that because I think it's not possible. But anyway, Amber told us about uh, being pregnant. And there are a few interesting and funny moments where she talks about her mother-in-law and other experiences. And um, if it's summer where you are and it's very hot, then if, you might want to cool down. And uh, 
then I suggest you listen to episode number 140, which was called Ghost Stories. So if you're feeling hot in the summer heat, then you could listen to episode 140 and uh, cool yourself down with some chilling ghost stories. So I tell you some stories in that episode that are all true, all about weird, spooky experiences that I've had. Okay, so that's pretty much it. But before I go, there is actually something I have to tell you. And I really want to tell you this. It's something that happened today. And I want to tell you because I can't tell my wife about this. And I have to tell someone. So I'm going to tell you on the podcast, all right? Um, so what what am I talking about? Well, this thing happened to me this morning. And as I said, I can't tell my wife. I just can't. It would freak her out too much. She doesn't want to hear this sort of thing. It would just be too too much drama. So instead, I'm going to tell you about it because this story has to be told to someone before I go away on holiday. Um, so, all right. Now, we live in Paris and we're, we're back in Paris now for just a day or two before we go on holiday. We're packing and my wife's just been to work today and I've just done some odd jobs and things. So we've been busy. Uh, but she went off to work this morning. And, and so, yeah, we live in Paris. Obviously, it's a, a big city, a big urban area. And in cities like that, like this, uh, often you find things like mice, right? There are little animals that live in, in people's houses. It's very common. It's very normal. And I'm, I, I, unfortunately, I'm afraid to say, yes, we do occasionally have mice in our apartment. Not loads, just very occasionally. And what I do is I always keep a loaded mouse trap um, in the back of one of the kitchen cupboards right all the way at the back it's the cupboard next to the washing machine where we keep all of the soap and detergent for the washing machine right so there's no food or anything in there no uh, in fact all of that stuff is kept well out of the way of uh, the potential uh, uh, marauding little mice that sometimes appear so um, i always keep a loaded trap in that little cupboard down there and every day I check the trap to see if I've caught a mouse. And honestly, months and months go by without having caught anything. Months and months go by. Usually, though, the summer and the spring are the times when you get a bit more mouse activity. Um, So anyway, um, I checked the mouse trap this morning. And by the way, my my wife can't stand uh, mice. Um, And uh, I mean, she's she's a city girl. She grew up. Uh, in the city. Whereas for me, I've lived in the city, but I've lived in the countryside as well. In fact, I've spent many, many years in the countryside. And so I'm not really scared by little creepy crawlies and animals. I think it's it's just kind of normal. So I'm the guy who checks the mouse trap, and my wife doesn't like to go anywhere near it. So, right. So this morning I was like, I'll oh, better check the mouse trap, just see if we've got any mice, um, see if we've got a mouse. Um, and so the mouse trap that I always use is a simple old-fashioned wooden thing. And you set the trap. It's kind of like got a metal spring and a little metal bar. And you pull the, the bar back and then you hook a little metal thing over the top of it. So there's like a little hook. And then on the other side, there's a platform. And you, you put some bait on that platform. What we use is um, peanut butter. I know that mice are supposed to like cheese, but I've found that peanut butter tends to be more effective. So I smear a little bit of peanut butter on the un- on the end of the mouse trap, and that's uh, so. The-, the idea is the theory is that the mouse comes and it tries to eat the peanut butter, and it upsets the trap, and that uh, releases the uh, the 
the, the, the little metal bar, which is on a spring, and it flips over really fast and it kills the mouse. Yeah. Now, I know I'm sure that some of you listening to this love animals. And the prospect of killing a mouse like that in cold blood seems to be very cruel to you. And um, maybe, maybe you've got a point. Uh, but on the other hand, I kind of think to myself, well, there are so many mice and they, they are a pest. You know, there's so many of them in Paris that they are a pest. And quite frankly, I think that, uh, uh, like, you know, we need to control them and... Um, I don't want mice in my kitchen. My wife certainly doesn't want them in the kitchen. So what am I going to do? I can't think of another way of dealing with the problem. Uh, and honestly, I think the mouse trap is probably the, the most humane way that you can get rid of a mouse. I, can't, I don't know how I could actually catch it alive and then just throw it away somewhere. I'd have to like travel to the other side of the city and release it into the street or something. And then it's just going to wind up in someone else's kitchen. So I'm sorry, but the brutal truth is the mouse has to be dealt with. They, these mice have to be killed. All right. And the mouse trap is actually a pretty quick and painless death, I think. You know, bang, that's it. Dead immediately. Usually. Usually, it's certainly better than some of the other things that they have these days. Like, for example, they've got they've got these things which is like a little sticky platform. It's like a a kind of sticker, and you peel a surface off, and it reveals this very very sticky surface. And you put that on the floor, and the mouse goes onto it, and it gets stuck, and it can't move, and then it just dies. It like starves to death. I think that's much more cruel than an instant uh, death from a mouse trap. Right, so. I opened the little door in the cupboard to check to see if there was a mouse. And I you know, moved all the soap and stuff out of the way. And the mousetrap had almost disappeared. It's, the mousetrap had slid to the, the back end. So the back end of the, the, the cupboard is, is uh, like bare. There's no back wall. Instead, there's just like a little shelf and then the wall of the kitchen. And then there's like a little bit of space behind that uh, where like the cables for the fridge and all that stuff go. All right. And there's pipes for the sink and all that sort of thing. That's how the mice get in to that little cupboard area. And um, so the, the trap had slid to the back. And it was hanging off the edge. And I was like, hello, hello, have we got a mouse? And I had a good look, but I couldn't see the mouse. Normally there's like a, a, a the, the, the dead mouse attached to the end of the trap, but not this time. Instead, on closer inspection, I noticed that there was just the tail of the mouse. So the tail had been caught by the mouse trap. But the other, the, I guess the rest of the mouse must have been hanging off the edge. I couldn't see it. And so I thought, oh, God, what's going to happen here? Is this mouse still alive or is it dead? And I couldn't detect any movement. So I assumed that the mouse was dead. Now, what I always do is I put the mouse trap on a piece of paper. I get like a large piece of paper and stick it on the, on the, you know, the floor of the cupboard. And I put the mouse trap on that. And if I ever catch a mouse, which happens very rarely, um, then I, what I do is I use a paper, I, I use a plastic bag and I put the plastic bag over my hand so I don't actually have to touch anything. And then I manage to get the, the mouse and the mouse trap onto the piece of paper. And I just fold up the piece of paper and make a little package with the mouse and the mouse trap inside and then I wrap it inside the plastic bag without having to touch anything and then I just dispose of the plastic bag and yeah I throw away the mouse trap as well because frankly I don't want to have to touch the mouse trap afterwards and I certainly don't want to have to clean it or anything like that they're very cheap so I just chuck the whole thing away and just put another one there um, so I, I got the plastic bag and put it over my hand and I started to pull the piece of paper and I 
grabbed the mouse trap with the plastic bag with this mouse tail attached and I pulled it and of course there was a little mouse at the end there was a mouse attached its tail had been caught in the trap but the mouse was still there and it was still alive and I don't know how long the mouse had been attached to this trap but it was still alive and that's kind of a freaky moment it's quite off-putting when you actually have a live mouse there and you're almost carry you're almost touching it it's like wriggling around to trying to escape and that was a horrible freaky moment right and I was like oh god there's a mouse all right come on let's get it so I started to try to fold the paper over the mouse attached on the mousetrap but the the mouse kept moving around and I couldn't quite get it right so I was like wrapping it over the mousetrap and I had to like use the plastic bag to try and grab the mouse and oh it's tragic the mouse was squeaking it was like squeaking in panic I know this is a traumatic story for some of you it was traumatic for me as well honestly I don't like to you know trap mice it's just that they can't we can't have them in our kitchen you know it was squeaking and trying to escape and I was trying to pull it and trying to wrap the paper over it and stuff like that and I was doing it and then the mouse came loose it escaped from the trap the tail somehow his tail managed to wriggle loose from the trap and the mouse was free from the trap and i and the oh dear it's uh, it's so sad but what happened was for some reason its back legs weren't working properly i don't know if it was exhausted or if it had been trapped or something but it was its back legs weren't working so it managed to crawl free with its front legs it's such a sad tragic story it crawled free squeaking dragging its back legs behind it and I tried to grab it I tried to grab it with the paper with the plastic bag over my hand but it was too late the mouse disappeared off the end of the uh, out of the back of the the cupboard and it was gone and so oh god honestly it's a nightmare that mouse has escaped and now I don't know what's going to happen to the mouse but I'm really worried right I'm really worried about what's going to happen because that mouse wasn't entirely mobile the poor little bastard. His back legs weren't working. Maybe the maybe it's, you know, you know, like when you you sit down in the wrong position for too long and you lose the the the, the feeling in your legs. Maybe this mouse had been like trapped in this position for too long and it lost the sensation in its legs and it couldn't run properly. Uh, and maybe it's 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 going to get the action in its legs again. But um, the mouse uh, ran away and I'm now I'm thinking, oh God, where is it? Where's the mouse? Because what I want is for the mouse to escape and just disappear out of the out of, out of the apartment completely and just go forever gone. But I'm concerned that that mouse is going to crawl somewhere and then die and there's going to be a dead mouse in the apartment somewhere. You see, this is why I couldn't tell my wife about this. You understand? This is why I couldn't tell her. Because if I tell her, she's going to freak out. She's going to be going, oh, we need to pull the kitchen apart. We need to... Oh, hold on a second. Okay, sorry about that. Just had to answer my phone quickly. So, yeah, what my, my wife, if she heard about this, she'd be like, right, pull the, pull the kitchen to pieces, knock down the apartment until we've caught that mouse because I don't want some mouse, some hidden mouse in the kitchen somewhere. Oh, my God. Uh, what am I going to do, everyone? What shall I do? Shall I call Liam Neeson? Maybe I'm going to need to call Liam Neeson. Liam, Liam, help. What is it? What is it, Luke? It's a mouse. Uh, I can't help you. I don't know what Liam Neeson would do in that situation. He'd probably be like, I don't know where you are. I don't know what you want. Well, I know that you want peanut butter. And you had some peanut butter. Now just leave. Go, go. Some version of Taken. Taken 4. 
taking the piss. Taken for like a taken for a ride by a mouse. I don't know. But you can see my dilemma, can't you folks? I mean, what would you do? Would you tell her? I I, I don't think it's a good idea. So I'm not going to tell her. I'm just going to hope that the mouse is uh, clever enough and skilled enough. I hope this is the Liam Neeson of mice and that he's able to somehow escape from uh, the kitchen and disappear to some other part of Paris where he can do whatever he's got to do. Like maybe he can crawl away somewhere and die somewhere else. Or maybe I'm going to have a situation where there's a a dead mouse somewhere in the apartment. (laughs) Anyway, what we're going to do is go away on holiday and I know that the whole time we're away in this peaceful place with no distractions, no internet or anything, in the back of my mind, there's going to be this poor little mouse whose back legs don't work. And I'll be thinking, where is he? Where's that bloody mouse? And when we come back, I just hope that, uh, I don't know, I just hope there's no evidence of it. Or I hope that his other mice companions don't come and take revenge on the flat somehow. I don't know how a mouse would take revenge on you. Um, I I don't really know. Maybe, maybe I have no idea. I guess you can imagine that one. But anyway, I just thought I would leave you with that story before I go away because I had to tell someone. Someone had to know about that. Um, okay, so that's the end of this uh, shorter episode. I hope you enjoyed that little anecdote about a mouse. Um, and as I said, it will be a while before I upload another episode of this podcast. But I think that when I come back right? When I come back, I'm going to launch a new competition. And I think that this time it will be about anecdotes. So I, so what I'd like you to do while I'm away, okay, is just think about any anecdotes that you have in English that you could send to me. And don't actually send anything yet, okay, because we haven't started. But just start thinking about any little true stories that you have that you could send to me as part of an anecdote competition, which I will launch on the podcast later on this year when I'm back from my holiday. So what would be cool is if I could collect a bunch of recorded anecdotes from listeners and then play them all on the podcast and people can vote for their favourites. I think that would be really cool because the, the, the interesting thing there is that everyone loves anecdotes, right? We love little stories, especially if they're genuinely entertaining or extraordinary or scary or weird. Um, and I'm sure, I'm convinced that my audience have got some interesting stories to tell. So I'm, I will be, and again, not yet, don't send me anything yet, but do start thinking about it and maybe start practicing. But I will be looking for, I guess, what, four to five minute anecdotes Uh, recorded, spoken by you into a microphone and then sent to me. Um, So just think about that stuff and maybe practice a little bit. Don't send me anything yet because we haven't started yet. But I wonder what kind of stuff you will all come up with. And I suggest you go back to my recent episode about telling anecdotes if you want some inspiration. But for now, that is it uh, for Luke's English Podcast for a little while. Have a great summer or a great winter. And I will speak to you after a little break. Okay, so thanks very much for being a listener. And thanks very much for listening all the way through my recent episodes and all the way through to the end of this one. You are a truly wonderful, magnificent human being. Um, Don't forget to join the mailing list. I've told you about that before. Don't forget to check out the italki offer, teacherluke.co.uk forward slash talk. 
where you can actually speak to native speakers and teachers and stuff. It's a really good, really important way to improve your spoken English. There's loads of things you could be doing, but mainly have a good summer, have a good winter. Um, and uh, I'll speak to you, I guess, in a few weeks. All right, then. So that's it then. Have fun. Speak to you soon. Bye. 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 Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.